There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Just a little bit of an update for those of you interested in such things. I really don't keep track, but Buzz Sprout, our podcast carrier, makes sure that I know these things. They try to feed the ego because when they feed the ego, then you pad their pockets. And that's kind of the way business works today. But they've let us know we've received over 1,800 downloads um, in the last two months. And so we've been doing this a little bit over two months, including our test messages that were out there, Brother Billy Mitchell, as well as myself. And so we thank the Lord for that. We thank the Lord for each of you that download the podcast and listen. And would you continue to encourage others to listen? And we don't want to uh, just have proselytes, and we're not trying to make proselytes. We're rather trying to teach doctrine. And I believe that we're in a generation when podcasts are incredibly popular. People will listen to everything under the sun in podcasts, uh, but yet very few people will listen to a podcast concerning doctrine of the Word of God. And if you know somebody that would like to listen that maybe doesn't know how to do a podcast, as far as download, as far as subscribe, would you help them with that? And we've helped quite a few folks. We have some folks even in their 70s that download our podcast and listen. So we're certainly thankful for that. Uh, they've become a little bit more adept at using their phones and using their devices. And so what a privilege that is uh, to have folks tuning in each and every day, downloading the podcast, subscribing to the podcast, and then listening and taking heed, hopefully, to what the Word of God says. We're going to be in Psalm 15 today. We are still in meeting in Oxford, North Carolina, and I feel like the Lord is helping us. We certainly need prayer. Ask the Lord to stir. Ask the Lord to stir under the seats of the pants of the saved. They would come to repentance and the things that have made them cold and distant. You see, the Word of God told us, because iniquity abounds, the love of many has waxed cold. And when you see a people that are cold and indifferent, you see a people that because of iniquity abounding, it's turned their hearts to coldness. And so because iniquity abounds in this world, we ought not to grow cold. We ought not to become indifferent. Yet the reality is so many people today have become indifferent because of that iniquity. And so we'd like to see God stir in the hearts. We'd like to see folks uh, rise back up that were once uh, living for God and once living holy, and it was just grown cold and dead and indifferent. So would you continue to pray for us? Again, we're at Grace Baptist Church in Oxford, North Carolina, and Lord willing, we'll be here through the March March the 4th preaching, 7 o'clock each night. Psalm 15, a psalm of David. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart, He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, and whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent, 
He that doeth these things shall never be moved. And so again, we see the psalmist writing here concerning those that shall abide in thy tabernacle. If you would, would you listen to the scriptures as we read Psalm 27 and verse 5, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And so again, we see the psalmist often speaks of the tabernacle of God. And in verse 6, he goes on and says, Now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. Now, the question, of course, that immediately arises, at least with me, is what are those tabernacles? And he speaks of two tabernacles, the psalmist does. He speaks in plurality. And we see that as he speaks in plurality in Psalm 43 and verse 3, O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. So again, plurality, tabernacles. Again, we see in Psalm 84 and verse 1, he speaks again of those tabernacles when he says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. And so we know that there's a shelter in the tabernacle of God. We know there's safety in the tabernacle of God. We know that this is a place of protection. This is a place where God's people can flee for refuge. In the word of God in Psalm 76, he says, In Judah is God known. His name is great in Israel. In Salem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. And so we see again, the psalmist is explaining to us concerning the tabernacles of God. The Apostle Paul clarifies greatly for us those tabernacles. We're very familiar, uh, anybody that studies the Word of God, that is, familiar with the tabernacle in the wilderness. But in Hebrews chapter 9, the Apostle Paul writing here says, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. Isn't that interesting? So he tells us a little bit about that tabernacle. And so he says that, this is the ordinance of a divine service, a worldly sanctuary. And then verse 2 says, For there was a tabernacle made the first, wherein was the candlestick, and the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. Isn't that interesting? When John is writing of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came to this world, and one of the first things he said is, he said, I am the light of the world. There's the candlestick the table, and the showbread. He says, I am the bread of life. This is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. And over it, the cherubims of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year. Now, I want you to notice he calls it the first tabernacle, 
And then verse 7 says, The second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. The Holy Ghost is signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. And so he tells us in the word of God. And again, some things are hard to be understood, but he speaks of two tabernacles, although we see one tabernacle. But we see in that place, which is the holiest of all, behind that curtain. And by the way, your King James Bible does not say the Holy of Holies. It does not refer to the Holy of Holies. He simply says here exactly what the Word of God says, according to the Scripture. And he says the second, the priest, well, high priest went alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. Where did he do that? He went into that second tabernacle, that holiest of all, that place that God has opened up, and for that priest to go and to offer for the sins of the people, the sacrifice for sin. And so again, we see two tabernacles. The Apostle Paul expounds to us concerning them. And so when the psalmist speaks of thy tabernacles, he's speaking of those two tabernacles. He's speaking of the first, and he tells us what the first is. He said it's a place as a candlestick and the table and the showbread, it's called, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all. Verse 6, he said the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. So they could always go in that first tabernacle, but into the second with the high priest alone once every year. Two tabernacles under one tent, under one pavilion, if you will, but yet two tabernacles. And that's why the psalmist spake of those tabernacles. So when he implores with the Lord, and he's beseeching the Lord concerning this, he says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle in the singular? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness. Psalm 19 simply said this in verse 13. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. So who is the upright? Who is he that walketh uprightly? Well, the psalmist told us it's with the servant that keeps from presumptuous sins, and those sins don't have dominion over him. Then he said, I shall be upright. And so those that walk uprightly are those that are kept from presumptuous sins. They don't plan to sin. They don't scheme to sin. They're not looking a way around sin. They're not looking for a way to avoid God, to manifest sin in their lives. No, that presumptuous sin is when we presumptuously look at sin. We play with sin. It's that rattlesnake in the room. We think we're not going to get bit. And all of a sudden, the snake bites us. And we say, oh, how did that happen? Well, the man that walketh uprightly is not ensnared in those presumptuous sins. He said, he that worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. Again, it's not a man that just with his lips 
has drawn nigh to God. No, it's when his heart has drawn nigh to God. It's not just lips that speak of knowing Jesus Christ. It's a heart that knoweth Jesus Christ. It's not the lips that tell us what a good Christian they are. No, it's the heart that is truly close to God, and God can reveal himself to that heart. Again, it's a man that's honest in his heart. He speaketh the truth in his heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, man speaketh. So what is that? He's speaking truth from a heart that's filled with truth, not with folly, not with error, not with sin. He that backbiteth not with his tongue. I'll go to the New Testament, just look at a couple of verses of backbiting, but Romans 1 is one of the great passages. It tells about the backbiter, for the word of God says this, being filled with all unrighteousness. That's verse 29 of Romans 1. Fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, let me say this, every backbiter knows the judgment of God, yet they still bite in the back. They may be kind to your face. They might speak well to you, but they bite you in the back. They're nipping at your back. They're on their gnawing away in their angst and in their unrighteousness and their godlessness. And he speaks of the backbiter. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, again, the apostle Paul writing here tells us again about the backbiter in verse 20. For I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would, and then I shall be found unto you such as you would not, lest there be debates, envyings, wraths, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults. And so again, the Apostle Paul is worried about coming to the church of Corinth, lest he find, amongst other things, the backbiter. But he that back, who's going to abide in the tabernacle of God? Who's going to dwell in this holy hill? He that backbiteth not with his tongue, he that bridleth his tongue, he that keeps his mouth shut, nor doeth evil to his neighbor. Why? Because he loves his neighbor as himself. Nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. That means he doesn't offend his neighbor. He doesn't wound his neighbor. He doesn't take his neighbor's wife. He doesn't steal his neighbor's children. He's going to do everything he can to love his neighbor and not have a reproach with his neighbor. He's going to guard himself in front of his neighbor. That's because he's going to abide in the tabernacle of God, who shall dwell in thy holy hill, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He doesn't give honor to men because of their status, because of their position, because of their name, because of their uh, family makeup. No, he honors a man that obeys God. He honors the man that fear the Lord. He said, sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. What does that mean? When a man speaks, his word is his word. He doesn't change his word. He says, I'll be there. I'm going to be there. I'll do it. I'm going to do it. Even if it's to his own hurt. You know, I told my wife this week, I told her, I said, honey, we are going to uh, be done after this meeting. We're not going to travel and get you home to have this baby. I have told her that. And it doesn't matter who calls. It doesn't matter the status of a man that calls. It doesn't matter the, the position of a man that calls. I have told my wife that next week I'll have you home and in bed and you can rest and be prepared to have this baby. 
And there are some offended by that. There are some even hurt by that. They say, well, aren't you a man of God? Aren't you? I promised my wife that I'd have her home next week. I may swear to my own hurt, but I swore to my wife. I'm not going to change my mind on that. I'm not going to change my words on that. It's what I've told my wife we would do. Then he goes on and says, he that putteth not out his money to usury. He's not given his money to make gain off of the brethren, off of those that he loves, nor taketh reward against the innocent. So again, he's not going to take reward to speak out. He's not going to be a false witness. You say, how does that apply today? Well, because men still lie for the sake of gain. They still lie against the innocent for profit. He says, he that doeth these things shall never be moved. He will dwell in the holy hill. He will abide in thy tabernacle, O Lord. Why? Because he doeth these things. He shall never be moved. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.